today on The Breakdown. $100,000 is the buy-in. It's 2014. It's an EPT super high roller. And there's only three players left. Fabian Quas, Dan Shack, and Vanessa Selbst. There's going to be one heck of a crazy decision happening in this hand. I'll tell you right now. And we're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Fun fact about Fabian Quas. Yes. He enjoys a good scarf, that he guy. He is a scarf aficionado. He's like what a European would look like if an American boy from Kansas drew a European having never seen a European. That is about right, yeah. actually. I like that a lot. Um, I will say this. The one time I met Fabian Quas, the, thing, the only thing he said to me was, do you like scarf shopping? So that's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, what's your favorite scarf shop? Who, yeah, <laughs> and who's your favorite scarf designer? Yeah. He's like, do you, and we, he compared his to what I do not have any, of course, but he sort of assumed I had several and talked about the different designers and brands and color schemes and, you know, and the 2017 line, obviously. Oh, of course. The 2017 line of Joseph Abood scarfs. He was really into that. That's a nice made up name you made for the designer. No, Joseph Abood is an actual designer. Oh. But I don't know if he's a scarf designer. Sounds... He probably is. <laughs> cool. That, that, all of that is fictional. I've never met Fabian Quas. In case someone's going to take the it's not Twitter fictional that he enjoys a good scarf, though. That's for real. I mean, as far either as that we can or tell. He, either that or he lost a bet, a lifetime exactly. Bet. Like yeah. it, it may also be that you know someone he loves is being threatened and he has to wear scarves. Or maybe he has a girlfriend who designs scarves and she's like, "You should wear it." Exactly. <laughs> or it's a puffy shirt situation yeah. from Seinfeld. Yeah. You know, there's lots of things, but probably he just. It's not that he loves the scarf, right? He's doing it to cover his neck, right? I mean, that's what's yeah. going on. But he's got some flair with his scarf choices. He is a bit of a fashionista. Yes. He's known in the poker world to be a bit of a clothes horse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. None of these things are true, but are um, possible. More, more importantly, as Jonathan mentioned, we are three-handed for a 100K buy-in super high roller. That's intense. Yeah. And the massive underdog is Dan Shack because the other two players are Vanessa Selbst and Fabian Quas, who are elite High roller players, Dan Shack is not a rich businessman who does decently well in these fields some of the time. But yeah, he's he's probably one of the most successful of the businessmen, right? Like yeah. Bill Klein number one, Dan Shack number two. Dan Shack might even be number one, it's possible. Nah, not anymore, man. Probably not. But anyway. Anyway, he's he's had some success in these fields. And yeah, he's for sure. here with these monsters of the game. Monsters of the Midway. No, that's the Chicago Bears. Um anyway. Sure. Moving along. So we are in the money, of course. We're three-handed. This was suggested, by the way, mm. by Brian, of by course. Brian. And Alex Klaus. Nice, Alex Klaus. Wait you got in there. You suggested the same hand as Brian. You're doing it right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the metric by I which you should live. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know anything else. You've, done, you've made some good choices in life, my friend. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You finally did it. Alex Klaus. That's right. Anyway. Uh, should we get to the hand? Is that something we do here? I'm on, ready. On the breakdown? I'd love it. All right. So it's 60K, 120K. Fabian Quas is on the button with 3.2 million chips. We're not that effectively deep in this hand. We're not. Um, he opens 7-4 of spades, which makes me believe I didn't get Vanessa's stack because she doesn't play the hand, but she can't be that deep or he probably wouldn't open this on the button. Correct. I assume everyone's got more than like 20 blinds for him to open this. Uh, I said she couldn't be that deep, but also that shallow. Oh. I, f I figure you wouldn't open this. If it, like if Vanessa has 80 blinds and the other two guys have 30 blinds, she's going to be doing a lot of three betting. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I was assuming no one would be that deep based on yeah. the blinds being so high. 
Right. Um, he min opens to 240K. At this stage of the tournament with short stacks, that's probably similarly effective to a bigger open. Um, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Right. So Vanessa folds. Uh, You're supposed to get a lot of calls, but this was 2014 when people still folded to min raises. Yeah. Yeah. And the scarves were different then. That's true. I mean, the Joseph Abood scarves were not nearly as nice. Oh, there's been opinion. quite an evolution. I mean, wow. Wow. It's... I mean, that was before the blue period, the, the Abood, the Abood period, as they call it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that period in itself did yeah. not produce that many good scarves. But what came from yes. it, what came out of that, yes. theoretically, yes. led us to where we are now. It's sort of like sports night had to happen for the West Wing to live. Right. From an Aaron Sorkin of course. point of view. And, and people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> I think about that on the daily, you know? Yeah. Anyway... Quas is open with seven four of spades. Shaq is in the big blind. He's got three point six million, so thirty blinds on the nose. Yeah, uh, he's got six seven offsuit, six of diamonds, seven of clubs, and he calls. That is a normal decision. Yes, it is. That's no problem with things so far. The pot is six hundred thousand tournament units. Yeah, the flop is three of spades, four of clubs, deuce of diamonds. So Shaq flops two overs with a gut shot, and Quas flops top pair. Yes, he does. You looked confused for a second. I, for some reason in my head, I was picturing a five on, on that board, but he did not have a five, and there was no five on the board. So there you go. Dan, top pair. Dan check decides to check. Yep. I think the plan is probably to check call unless the sizing is really big. Um, you could check raise too, I guess, but the stack size is making yeah. it weird to do that. So yeah, I think we'll probably have to check call once, assuming a, a normal seabed here. Quas decides to check back. A little surprising. That, that's odd. Why do you think he does that? The only reason I can think of is he's found when they do this play against Dan Shack, he will just lose his mind a little bit. Yeah. Like if he's going to barrel turn in river a lot, then we can check back this, this spot and, you know, go call call most of the time. Obviously there's some cards where we wouldn't do it. A five would be a bad card because it brings in the ace, the ace straight, the wheel straight. As it turns out, it would bring in the nuts for Dan, but we wouldn't know that. A six would not be a great card. I think on most other cards, we'd probably go call, call. Maybe an ace, we would also find a fold. But everything else, we could just go call, call and close our eyes and hope it works out. Also, we, we manage the size of the pot a little bit with top pair, no kicker. And maybe he's worried this is the kind of board Dan likes to raise a lot. And Quas doesn't want to play an all-in pot. If he doesn't right. Have to. I guess if you bet here, you kind of have to go with it. It would seem bad not to. Yeah. And you're like, I don't, do I really want to go with this pot? This, you know, this spot. Yeah. Excuse me. So this way I don't have to, and I also get to do some bluffs. Right. But Dan does get to realize his equity this way, which isn't as good. Yeah, I think, um, interestingly enough, in this scenario with Quas, Shaq, and Selbst at the table, I think Selbst and Quas are both hoping to be in pots against each other more than they're hoping to be in pots against Shaq because what they really want to do is get heads up against Shaq. Ah, interesting point. Yeah. At the same point, you don't mind playing pots against Shaq because if you bust Shaq, then you get all the chips and you get to be heads up against the other yeah, person. That's true. So either way is fine, I guess. But I think you're right. Like the highest EV play is probably if you could have somewhat of a chip lead against Dan Shack going into the uh, heads up portion, you're just going to be massive, yeah. massive favorite. So what I mean by that is I think that Quas and Selps are likely to want to play more high variance against each other and lower variance against Shaq. It's a great spot for Vanessa. One, because she's a bit of a maniac anyway in a good way. Um, and two, she's got position on Fabian, two out of the three yeah. hands. So you prefer her spot. And maybe this is also part of why Fabian's opening this hand beyond all the other stuff is like, oh, good, I'm on the button. Vanessa doesn't have position on me this hand. Dan is more likely to call. That's the spot I want. 
more of the time, you know, rather than the other two times when Vanessa is going to be, you know, have position on me and make my life harder. Yeah, fair enough. So that may play into it a little bit, too. Okay. Well said. Thanks. It is still an odd check because, as you like to say frequently on this podcast, there's not many good cards for us on the turn. There really. Fabian. I mean, every card's bad. Yeah, like much. every card over a seven is bad, essentially. A, I mean, and a five and a six aren't great either. Like, it's it's a four and a seven, and everything else, when Dan Betts are like, well, I call. Yep. And I'm going to call again sometimes. And yep. Ugh. So, yeah. Yeah, because Shaq has any two cards in his hand, essentially, Correct. at this point. So. Correct. We haven't defined it at all. And honestly, if a jack comes off on the turn and Dan bets, he could be betting a worse hand or a better hand. Yeah. So I guess that's why we're just going to call. We're just going to go happens. call, call, and hope for the best. Yeah, we're ho- if a jack comes, we're sort of hoping for another jack on the river if we can't hit a seven or a four. And then he bets again, and we're just going to have an easy call. Yeah. Right? I guess that's the plan. Yeah. The plan is for it to go jack, jack. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan to go bet, bet, and not have a jack. Yeah. Or have us beat. That's all. Sounds good. That's going to um, happen a lot. Anyway, whatever the reason, it does go check-check, probably just to mitigate variance against yeah. Shaq. Uh, still 600 k in the pot. It was a deuce-3-4 rainbow board, cross-flop, top pair of 7-4 spades. Shaq's got 6-7. The turn is the 8 of clubs. Doesn't help anybody. No, it does not. Shaq decides, I'm I'm going to bet this thing. That's not how he says it to no, himself. How does he I, say it? I'm gonna, I can't do it now. I'm going to bet this this card. We, we have... Like we, when we were in Vegas driving home, we both kind of got to the point where we were nailing the Dan Shack voice. Oh man, we were really good at the Dan Shack voice, but it's so hard to conjure it up now. It's been several months, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Dan Shack here. I feel I like mean, that's it was, it was how it is thing. with like accents. Sometimes I can nail an accent, and then I, when called upon, I just can't do it. Yeah, and that's how I feel about the Dan Shack voice right now. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. But Dan Shack's thinking to himself, "I'm gonna bet this. I'm gonna bet this. This is me, Dan Shack here. Dan Shack here. I'm gonna bet this eight. This is a turn I'm gonna bet." Yeah, still can't get it right. It's close enough. It's, yeah, whatever. I don't care. You get the point. Dan Shack talks funny. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Dan like if, Shack... if he was in an animated show, he wouldn't have to do anything at all. He no. could just be that character, whatever that character was. <laughs> His normal voice. Yeah. Uh, so on this eight, Shack bets two hundred and fifty k. I don't know if this is necessarily a good idea. Because I, go ahead. Because of what we have talked about a lot, something that you like to talk about that you figured oh, yeah. out during Vegas this summer. Yeah. Um, the good players are not checking back the flop in position and then folding the turn very often. That's, That's not true. a thing they do. That is true. Uh, I will say on this board, Quas might be a little more apt to do exactly that, though. You like, think he's this just going to check Jack 10 and then fold? He might do that on this board, because that board is just the kind of board that could be all over Shaq's calling range and even raising range, where Shaq might raise his draws, too, and you just don't want to get into it. Like Maybe. Granted, I think Quas would check back ace high here and probably find calls on the turn with it. Oh, absolutely. But um, but besides that, like you wouldn't expect him to, to check a top pair or a better than top pair almost ever, right? So... Especially in 2014. I mean, I don't hate this bet by Dan, but I, I understand what you're saying for sure. And I think there's a lot of that, especially now in 2017, when they check this board, most of the good players are almost always finding a call on the turn, unless the turn is a particularly tough card. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why it would normally be a bad bet. But I think in 2014, Dan Shack being Dan Shack, I actually like this bet. That eight seems like it's better for Dan. The board seems so much. Dan feels like he has a very strong range advantage here to me. I don't know. Quas did open 7-4 on the button. That means his range is pretty wide. Okay, but Quas has got like ace-king, ace-queen, ace-jack. Which he's not folding, by the way. 
Not for one bet. No. But maybe for two. Maybe. We're Dan Shack. We're made of money. We're going to... The, the plan has to be to double barrel this baby, right? I don't know if I'm sure Dan Shack has a strong range advantage here. I think... We also have equity as Dan Shack, by the way. Yeah, like, we do. We, like, we would probably be check calling anyway, so I'd rather be betting than check calling. I don't know if we're check calling on the turn. When the eight comes in, baby yeah. and bets. Maybe you're right. We could at least consider it. Yeah, I mean, if we if we don't know the seven six are good, then we probably shouldn't be calling. No. Like on the flop, we were 100% check calling. Yeah, or check raising. Yeah, or check raising. That's right. Um, I think it's I think it's fine to bet this, but I don't I don't disagree with your thought that often Fabian is checking the flop to call the turn. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, Shaq does bet 250k into 600. Yeah. And Quas calls. Yeah. Plan coming into action. Yeah. It's kind of insane to do anything but call, right? I don't know why we would ever raise. That seems really dumb. To try to induce with a four. And then we're going to hero it. Yeah. That sounds horrible. It does. Let's not do that. It does. So now the pot is 1.1 million. Yeah. And before we get to the river, we're going to talk about a place where maybe your Bitcoin can someday, someday be worth 1.1 million if Bitcoin goes up a lot. And uh, that's that, and it only this is the only place where it would be that would be nitrogen sports poker. Room. OK, sure. Yeah, that's how it works. That's uh, for Dan Shack plays. I'm Dan Shack and I endorse nitrogen sports poker. Hey, you're getting it back a little bit. A little bit. I feel like you got a little bit that time. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't actually Dan Shack. We can't. Speak he doesn't for actually his, endorse it. His endorsement. Or no, I do. I endorse <laughs> nitrogen sports. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're uh, in risky territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Impersonations. OK. <laughs> um, anyway, nitrogen sports is endorsed by the poker guys. Yeah, uh, we play there and it's a great site. It's really easy to sign up for nitrogen sports. And when you do that, you should use the link in the description of this podcast in order to play with us on nitrogen sports poker. When you use that link, you get access to exclusive poker guys, free rolls, sit and goes bounty tournaments with bounties on our heads, all sorts of fun stuff. And when you sign up, by the way, it's super easy. It's just a username and a password. That's all they ask for. The other great thing is, of course, the lightning fast withdrawals and deposits. So fast, Grant. It's like the difference between first and second place in an Olympic hundred meter, you know, final. If they're like, if they're running pretty that and that now and now now and now that quick now and now. It's not first true. second second first. He's lying. It's not, actually not that fast. I'm Dan Shack and I endorse this point. <laughs> it's actually more like five to twenty minutes. Okay, so it's more like a marathon. The difference between first and second in a marathon where it's run by like a champion, an Olympic champion, and regular people. Yeah, it's like <laughs> okay, that. sure. So it's like now. And I'll get back to no, you. No, that the was other too far, is. actually. The, the difference regular between a people? marathon of an Olympic champion and regular people, that's like <laughs> three hours. I mean, regular marathon people. Not like just, not you. Not untrained you. <laughs> it's five to 20 minutes. I'm Dan Jack, and I agree with this point. I endorse Jonathan's point. Okay, good point. Thank you're, you, you're Dan. Well. In fact, right before we started doing this podcast, I withdrew Bitcoin from Nitrogen, and I think it took about three minutes. Sometimes it's it was even pretty faster. fast. We were yeah. talking. I looked. I was like, "Oh, it's it's in. It's already happened." Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it moves at the speed of Bitcoin. No BS. Get on there. Play with us. Play some sports bets too. Do whatever you That's want. Right? There's a casino. The whole deal. Find your lost dreams. That's right. Yes. That's what <laughs> the you... new nitrogen motto. Yeah, it used to be land of the free home of the brave, but no, we've, we've they've got... rebranded. It's, it's better. Find your lost dreams, the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. And we're back. We are back. Uh, so, to recap the action, mm. we had a deuce 3 4 flop, which Quas decided to check back with 7 4 of spades. Shaq has 6 7 offsuit. Turn was the 8 of clubs. Shaq bet 250K into 600K. Quas called with second pair. 1.1 million in the pot going to the river. The river is the seven of hearts. It's weird because until this river, I might be thinking as a viewer or a listener, depending, 
You could be looking at your phone and seeing how much time is left in the podcast as you listen to the podcast. Or you could be watching the video and listening to the podcast at the same time. I don't know. Or it could just be like looking at a picture of of one of us. (laughs) (laughs) That makes you a viewer. It's all possible. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I was, you know, just like, why is this a breakdown hand? Like, who cares? Why would Brian, the god of suggestors, suggest this That's right. Well, guess what, people? You're about to find out. You're about to find out. All so. will be revealed. It seems like it's pretty clear what would happen normally here, yes, right? on the Seven River. Shaq River to Seven, Quas River to Pair. Shaq's going to check. Quas is going to bet. Shaq's going to call. Right, and maybe, maybe, maybe Shaq is going to find a bet once in a while. Yeah. Instead of checking, maybe. Yeah. Um, and Quas is either going to call or raise, and that's the end of it. But that's not what happens that's, somehow. No, and that's why it's a breakdown hand. Yeah. So Shaq decides to bet. Which is not insane. I don't hate it. I it's, mean, you feel like Quas is probably going to bet an eight anyway, right? And Quas is probably going to call with a deuce three or four. If Quas had a seven in his hand from because he called with like a gut shot or something like that, I don't think he would have done that, actually. But in position, maybe he floats with a gut shot on the turn. Um, it has a seven in his hand. It's usually going to be a worse seven because he's got a gut shot. I mean, it would be seven, five, five. five, seven, exactly. Eight. That's pretty good, right? Then we get to win the yeah, sixth that's, place. That's the big point of the hand right there. <laughs> you just nailed it. Dan's putting on exactly 7-5. It's super smart. <laughs> but Shaq tries to size it in order to get called by a wider range of hands, I think. How much does he bet? 325 into 1.1. Yeah, he's like, call me with your four. Call me yeah. with your three. Call yeah. me with your ace. So what do you want to do as Fabian Quas now? Because we rivered two pair. It's not typically a raising spot when your opponent bets the turn and bets the river, but Shaq bets so small, it feels like you're missing value. I mean, here let's do pros and cons of raising here. So okay. a pro is we would hate to miss value when Dan has an eight, which Dan really can have. And he, he's, he's repping a, an eight. He's, he's going to call with that a lot of the time. That's a pro. A con is Dan can actually have any two cards, including the nuts. Yes. Dan played this. The way Dan played it, he absolutely can have the nuts. Yes. A pro yeah. is he bet very little, and so he usually isn't going to have the nuts when he bets very little, right? Um, and we would want to get more value for a hand as strong as ours is here, right? Yes. And, and there's, it's hard to have a hand this good in these spots, and you want to get value when you have it. Dan doesn't usually have a set, though, because of preflop. You'd think three-handed, a lot of the pocket pairs are going to be re-raises from Dan Shack. Yeah. Um, a, a con to raising is, um, I mean, a con to raising is we could cost ourselves chips, right? If Dan has his beat, we're either just going to lose more because he's going to call, or he's going to re-raise, and it's going to suck, and we're going to lose... A bunch more chips than we'd have to have to lose. Right. So I think Quas might be viewing it as kind of a typical raise fold spot. Sure. Because like because Dan can have any two. I mean, if we raise and Dan were to re-raise, Dan only has a few hands for value, right? He's got like eight seven, the nuts. I don't even know if he has eight seven, but he might have eight seven because we're short enough. We're gonna have to talk about that. Yeah, we are. Quas decides to raise. Right. He decides to raise. I think a lot of it is the sizing that Shaq chose. Me too. Because he's like, ah, come on. I can't just get 325 on the river here when I river so well. You aren't very strong. Usually when they bet small, they don't love their hand, right? And so he's trying to get a little more value out of an 8. And Quas continues the tiny sizing of the river. He makes it 800K. He's like, come on, just call. The pot was 1.1 million before Dan bet. Yeah. And Quas raises to 800K. Yeah. That might be what Quas would have bet if Shaq checked. Yeah, because he has two pair now. He's trying to get value out of an 8 specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe a 7. Right. Seven, five, what do you think about that sizing? I think it's fine because we're trying to get value out of one pair. We're targeting one pair of hands exactly. Do you think he would size it like this against Vanessa? Maybe not because Vanessa's more prone to making like crazy hero calls. 
I, you know, I actually think like we might size it big to polarize ourselves more against Vanessa. Also, I'd be worried when Vanessa bets small that she's inducing. I wouldn't be so worried about that with Dan. Is Shire. an eight ever good when Quas makes it eight hundred k? I mean, it's good against the bluff. What bluff? Like, is he bluffing with eight? I'm saying, is this completely exploitative because it's Dan Shack and he thinks he can play exploitatively? I mean, let, let's I, see. You make it sound like that's the case, but you could make you could go the opposite way with this too. Like, you can level it the other way, right? Where you could say, when someone bets small, sometimes I raise just because they bet small, right? I I absolutely do that in real sure. life, right? And then it doesn't matter what I have, and it doesn't. And you could argue, is this ever good? And it almost doesn't matter how much I raise. Because I'm raising, you know what I mean? And, like, unless you're Martinez, Max Martinez, where you're like, you know, I block, uh, I make block a bet, I have to call, you know, that guy from the Phil Hellmuth yeah. big game. Like, it's it's a powerful play, and it's no good except when I'm bluffing, and then it's always good, you know? So I like, mean, you're saying this like it's so obvious, but have you ever used this sizing when you're bluffing in this spot? Let me think for a second. Um, I... I have gone like three point something X, and how much? What was this? It was three twenty five to eight hundred. Yeah. Wow. So it's like two and two and a half X. Yeah. I'm not sure that I ever have. That's pretty small. I would. I would probably. If I was bluffing, I'd probably make it one point one million. Because yeah. Because like, I'd be saying like, don't consider calling me with your eight. <laughs> so fair enough. This is your point. Yes, this is my point. But Am it I... shouldn't it all be the same? Like, shouldn't we be able to? Go a step past that, though, and say, like, so when I raise small, that means I'm strong, which means I don't have to be strong, blah, blah, blah. What I'm Can saying is all that? he's – my original question was, what do you do this against Vanessa? Right. So the point I'm trying to make is Dan Shack is not as sophisticated as Vanessa. Right. And Quas might choose to size it bigger or not raise it all against Vanessa right. because he thinks Shaq would reasons. have an eight and decide to call with an eight. And Shaq's going to decide based on the size. And Vanessa might look differently at the size and say an eight is never good against that size. Right. Okay, fair enough. I agree with all those points. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you spoke so incessantly about it. See, what we do on this show is we actually try and analyze every decision really deeply. And we no, go, no, no, no. We drill down on all the decisions no, and no, look no, at no. all the different possibilities in the whole decision tree. See, that's what we're actually doing. That's, no, 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 no. That's we're, the point. We're proving that I'm right and you're wrong. That's what we're doing on this show. So sometimes we'll take sides or even you know, argue points that we're not sure if they're right or not or don't even always agree with It's just because we're going deeper. It's just your tone and your punchable going, face. Deeper. It's the punchable face in the they tone. They can't see that. I know, but they know. They've watched the videos. <laughs> Most of them have watched the videos. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this seems like, I mean, this is minuscule sizing for this situation. <laughs> but at the same point, for their stack sizes, it's not minuscule, right? Like 800K is a big chunk of, of everyone's stack. What's the effect of stack here? When, uh, when the river starts, do we know? When the river starts, okay. So Qua started with 3.2 million. Put in 240, so he's down to about three, and then 250, so he's down to about 2.75. Uh, so about 2.75 when the river starts. Okay, it's 2.75, and he's making it. So that means when if, if he gets called, right? Yeah. He's he's basically risking, you know, like 40 percent of his stack in his hand. That's huge in this spot, right? Yeah, but you know it's small sizing. I agree, it's small yeah. sizing, but I'm saying I'm wondering if it needs. I, th I I'm wondering if you're overplaying it a little bit based on stack size and the and the moment in terms Maybe. of like we're three hundred and hundred k like, and also everyone did tiny stuff back then. I don't know about raises, but like all the bets are so small by all those players back in the day. You know. Well, I feel like this is just a. This might be an underestimation of Dan Shack. I think this is mm. an exploit, and he's giving himself room to fold to a three bet because he doesn't think Shack 
can ever right. play back at him without having a better hand. Right. So, th- so in Fabian Quas's mind, maybe this is perfect. It's like yeah. I can get called by an eight because it's Dan Shack, number one. Yeah. Number two, if he somehow has it, I it costs me less. This is amazing, and that's it. Like it's just great. I'm yeah. happy boy. I'm happy scarf boy. <laughs> that is his online name, actually. Happy yeah. scarf boy. <laughs> um. All right, so this is now a crappy spot for Dan Shack, even though it's such a good price. But yeah. Fabian Quas underestimated Dan Shack. That's what happened here, I think. Or Dan Shack loses his mind. One of those two things. Or Fabian overestimated yeah. Dan Shack. It's a little unknown. Okay, let's put ourselves in Dan Shack's okay. shoes for a second here. Let's do it. Because we have, we have the 6-7 on this deuce 3-4-7-8 board, and we get raised on the river. Yeah. Doesn't feel like our hand's any good against value ever. No, no. We calling seems like a really bad idea. It does. Let's not call. We could call if we think he's bluffing, but like I said, it doesn't feel like people would size bluffs this way. I mean, this board is supposed to be very good for Dan Shack. He bet turn and river. Fabian deci- Fabian called turn and raised river. I mean, feels like a seven is never good. I don't like the idea of calling. I, I yeah. think a hero call here is a terrible idea. I agree. I agree. So standard would be to fold. Yes. Dan Shack decides to move in. Yes. For 1.9 million more effective. So cool. All right. So let's talk about it. What the hell's going on? Well, I think there's some case to be made that this is actually a good play. Even though at first blush, it seems crazy and bad. Yeah. Here's my case. You ready? I'm hearing it. I can't tell if you're ready. I'm hearing it. Are you wearing a scarf? I am. I can see that you're not. But. Busted. You could be lying to the people, and I could be wearing a scarf. Yes. Yes. Well, it's Schrodinger's scarf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about why maybe this is actually a, a good play by Dan. Okay. Let's, let's bat it around and see what we come up with. I have a couple reasons. Okay. Well, he, me too. You go ahead. All right. You can start. You're fine. He has two significant blockers. Ooh. He has two significant blockers. The seven is a blocker? He blocks sets of sevens and seven, eight, and two pairs with sevens in them. Okay. I don't know how important that is. Like, you, we assume Fabian's almost always going to bet two sevens on the flop, don't we? I mean, maybe, but it's a blocker nonetheless. Okay. I don't, it feels, that feels less important to me, but he just blocks seven, eight. I, a started, bit. I started with the weak one. The okay. six is the better blocker, blocks the nuts. That is, that's true. Yeah. That's so the, those are your reasons? Yeah. Okay, cool. No, that's not my whole reasons. That's oh. just one, one reason. Oh, okay. Well, but, you said, okay, that's fine. Go I ahead. Said, your, I said what, two significant blockers, not two reasons. Oh, I thought you said two reasons to start with. I said he has two significant blockers. Right, but didn't you say I have two reasons, and then your first reason was about blockers? And then you said, if I did, I didn't have a second reason. Well, that's fine. I'm just going to come up with it. I don't think I said that, though. I'm going to just listen back, people. He definitely said it. So I'm just going to take over and give you some other reasons that I think is good. Fabian checked the flop, which he's rarely going to do with a huge hand against Dan Shack. Probably true. Fabian only called the turn. Even if Fabian was slow playing the flop, he would often raise the turn. If Fabian flopped the nuts, he's pro- it's, it's really unlikely, or a set, it's really unlikely he's going to check the flop, ch- call turn, and raise river against Dan Shack, I think. I think he's probably going to bet the nuts or a super strong hand almost always on this flop. Almost always. Okay, that's a pretty subjective assumption, but it's reasonable. I'm not saying I'm I'm always right here, but I'm saying almost but a very very 
high percentage of the time, Fabian's not going to play a super strong hand this way. Okay. I can't really come up with him having a set of eights or a set of sevens because I believe he'd almost always bet those on the flop. I believe if he flopped a straight, he would have bet flop almost always. Is a set of eights or a set of sevens, which were not sets on the flop, that different than his hand that he has? I believe it is. Uh, we are, don't have to worry about being outkicked. Um, we also are in much better equity shape against our alone five that decides to check raise us. Right, okay. like a lone five is is like almost a favorite against. Maybe is a favorite against us, and it's not. There's uh, also fewer ways to aids. improve. That's true, but we also need to improve less of the time, significantly less of the time. I don't know. I think it's about the same. I mean, our equity is better with eights and sevens for sure than if we have seven four against call it king five or something like that. Our equity is way better with eights. Our right? equity is better against king queen with seven four than it is with sevens. Okay, but Dan is much less likely to make a big play with King-Queen than he is with a five in his hand, right? I don't know. It's Dan Shack. He's a maniac, apparently. He's a maniac, but he usually, you know, he's not a complete maniac. He has some success in all these fields, right? It's because he semi-bluffs. He doesn't often do complete air bluffs. Often. King-Queen suited. Two back doors. Let's go. <laughs> right. He might call, but one, he's one back door. much less likely. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One back door. Um He's much less likely, I think, to check raise king queen than he is like king five. Okay, so what you're saying is, from Dan Shack's perspective, it seems like Fabian Quas is capped and never has the nuts. Never has the nuts, and almost never has a set, even. So, yeah. like, I feel like Quas is ca- capped at two pair. Certainly not always, but almost always. Like, we're making. I th- I think based on if we believe Fabian is is ninety some odd percent of the time capped at two pair and is going to fold two pair if we move in. Then this this move in makes crazy money. This is insanely profitable. Yeah. This move in. No, that's a good point. And I think another thing that's good about it is, and this leads me back to, maybe I did say two things, and this is the other thing I was thinking. You did. Of. It's possible. Um, let's fight about it. So <laughs> it leads me back to Quas underestimating Shaq. Shaq may feel that Quas is underestimating him. He probably feels underestimated in these fields all the time, whether or not he is. That's right. Probably correct. But I think it's possible that in this instance, with the sizing, Quas was underestimating Shaq. Shaq read into it being giving himself room to fold, exploiting the amateur, that right. type of thing. Right. And he's like, you can't, you can't do that to me, kid. I can't do wow, it. Wow, that, was, that was your worst one in a while. I've lost my Dan Shaq voice. That was a little bit better. I can't find it. Nope. No, you cannot. You know, it's, it hurts because I was so good for a while. You were really good at it. Oh, well. Damn it. My life is just a downward spiral from here on out. We're all mourning what, yep. you, what you once had. Yep. It's like uh, Sean Kemp. What is dead? They never die. I've heard that. Is that from uh, Princess Bride? Throne of Games. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's my favorite movie. Um, <laughs> so, so I think Shaq may have read into the situation. He, it might be in combination with what, what you said, that he feels like Quas would have bet the nuts by now and probably doesn't even have a set. Um, and his most likely hands for value are two-pair type hands. And that Quas's plan is to raise fold against the donkey amateur, and Shaq's going to show him that he's not the donkey amateur and be like, okay, go ahead and raise fold against me, buddy. Yeah, it's, like, it's really possible to Shaq seen Quas take this kind of river line against a lot of the donkey amateur types yeah. as the businessmen and fold and like raise for value fold, which he might not do against Vanessa Selps, right? But he does that a lot against these kinds of guys. And so Shaq's just like, you almost never have the nuts here, buddy, and I know you're going to fold if I raise. Yeah. So. Go to deal with that. And Quas finds a fold. And I don't blame him. I don't see how he's supposed to call. And then his scarf lights on fire. It's weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Vanessa does that, but you can't really tell from the camera angle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Vanessa. She's, you know how Fabian Quas is really into scarves, and that is a fun fact? Yeah. Fun fact about Vanessa, she has actually a scarf phobia. Yeah. And she carries a lighter with her at all times, doesn't smoke, just in case somebody's wearing a scarf near her and she can get an opportunity to burn that thing because if it's near her for too long, she's going to freak out. I have met Vanessa Selps, and this is 100% true. I just like to say, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, scarf phobia. It actually has a. Uh, did you light? Term. Did you light your scarf on fire? No, I never had a scarf. But she thought I was wearing one at one point because of the way the shadows. So were. she lit your neck on fire. She attempted to light my neck on fire. Oh man! Luckily, Tiffany Michelle blocked her from doing so. Tiffany Michelle wouldn't do that. No, she would she not. Would just she watch would, and laugh. She would cackle as I burned to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is happening. This, this is, is all the inside info about poker, guys. Yeah, you guys want to know, right? Yeah. All the people we meet, all the crazy stories. There you go. There's a crazy story. You know, I, I want to tell you guys the story. I'm, I'm making this up as I go along. Obviously, this, all these things are made up. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not this one. Okay. The one that I already claimed is made up. I want to tell you guys a story about Mike Matisau, all right? Okay. So I was at this pool party in Las Vegas, and... I was having a really good time just hanging out with my friends, you know, not really professional poker players or anything. Mm-hmm. Mike Matisau, his voice travels, you know. It's like crazy how it travels. And yeah. you know how sound travels over water. Of course. Yeah. So I hear him from across the pool, and I'm like, you know what? Usually I don't feel like talking to Mike Matisau, but I'm in a good mood. I'm going to buy Mike Matisau a drink. Wow. Mistake number one. One thing leads to another. And you guys end up I'm to- addicted to meth now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. that's that's the story there. A lot of uh, famous, ex-famous poker players, I think, can tell that tale. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm done with that. Okay, can we come back to yes. uh, Fabian? So Fabian Quas folds. We, we think he kind of has to, That correct? was his plan all along, right? right. If Shaq moves in, he's going to fold. He's hoping to get eke out a little bit more value from a one-pair type hand. Right, and this is the kind of spot why he probably wouldn't even raise against Vanessa. One, because she might size it that way to induce a raise. But two, because she's capable of putting all this together and basically saying, eh, you have to fold now. Yeah. And Kwas is not going to want to be in that spot. And he thinks he wouldn't be the, it, that wouldn't happen against Shaq, but it would happen against Vanessa, so he can only call Vanessa. I mean, I've done stuff like this before where I underestimate a player's ability to put me in a tough spot, yeah. and I make a hyper-exploitative move, and they do the thing I didn't want them to do, but it's like, okay, now I know I have to fold. And then they show me that they were bluffing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't be such a jerk and underestimate everybody. I you know, know. It's, it's a tough spot sometimes, yeah. you know. I mean, the thing is this. We're not trying to be perfect in every play. We're trying to, like, make money in time in spots, right? Overtime in spots. And so, like, when that type of player makes that type of bet on the river, if we raise, we make money. And that's what we're looking for, right? And yeah. It'd be nice if we could be even more laser sharp and say, well, this player right now, when he did it, I shouldn't raise because of the way this happened or what I, this other thing that happened. And sometimes you can do that, but a lot of times you just can't until you get that data. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes there is game flow stuff that happens. Like Quas maybe could have noticed something along the way that he didn't where like Shaq was primed to make a move on him in a spot like this because yeah. Shaq's been seeing him do this against all the rich amateurs. Like, right. You know that feeling when you're in a tournament against, there's like one player at the table who it feels like you're kind of always jabbing with absolutely like a competent player and you can oh. just feel the light four bet coming yes you're like primed for the light four bet and you're like i'm gonna five bet if this guy four bets absolutely you know and that could be what Shaq was looking for here with quas like he's like mm-hmm. this keeps happening yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do the, the thing when quas is tanking after Shaq has moved in but i think he's never calling no matter what when he's saying he says are you still tilting dan so maybe yeah. something had just happened with Shaq also right. just before which but, you know, Shaq has to take that into account when he raises. If he thinks Dan might be on tilt, he has to decide, well, 
if if I think he might be tilting, I should only I should raise to call, not raise yeah. to fold. And if I if I'm if I you know if that's a piece of it, other, if I think he's going to sometimes tilt shove, and I'm going to fold, then I shouldn't raise in the first place. Right. You know? So our whole analysis might be meaningless, and then check might just be on massive tilt and yeah. nothing. He didn't think it through at all. Just like I'm moving in. But he does well enough that I don't know that that's the case. I would guess it's more than that. I, yeah. I don't know if it's to the to the level that we did it, where it's like Fabian never has the nuts. He takes these lines against the rich guys and always folds when we. Here's a theory. Whatever. Here's yeah. a theory, though. I don't think it necessarily holds that he does well enough, and that means he's not tilting this way because the fields he does well in are tiny fields. That's true. So tilt is not as much of a factor as far as like making final tables. Okay, I agree with that. However, the tiny fields are full of. <clears throat> elite players. I yes. mean, they're tough fields, small but tough fields, even though there's a bunch of whales in there too. Yeah, I'm just saying, as a general rule, the bigger the field, the less likely you're going to make it far if you have a tilt factor in your game. That's true. That's that's definitely right. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think anyone's claiming Dan Shack is like, you know, a master of poker, right? He's like a reasonably good player. Yeah. And he's just, and he chooses to play against the best in the world. And so he's seen as a fish. Right. He would do fine in a lot of games, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. He just wouldn't do great in the really tough games. He's an above average poker player. I would guess he is. Yeah. Like if he was grinding out some, you know, like smaller level tournament stuff, he'd probably do fine. Yeah. Which well, is especially not... if he's rich and doesn't care about the money, right? Well, yeah. That's part of his advantage, of course. I too. mean, that can't be said for all the rich businessmen who play these things. Like no. Richard Sipple. That guy is not good. A lot of guys are yeah. really, really bad, and yeah. that's why everyone wants to play with them, right? Of course. Like not, and only the very best like survive over the long haul. Like Bill Klein, Kerry Katz has been around, although maybe just because he has money. I'm not I'm sure. Not sure. Um, what's the guy's name who uh, was married to Pamela Anderson? Rick Solomon. Rick Solomon. That guy is not very good. No, he's just like I'm going to put a lot of pressure. He's like the action Aaron of uh, <laughs> of the high stakes poker world in some ways. Yeah. You know, he's just going to show up with really weird hands and keep betting and. Take losses, but it's entertaining, and that's what he's there for. You know, there's a lot of that stuff. There is, there is, and those guys, those rich guys. I mean, these tournaments don't come together without them. Right. They fund the game. Right. For sure. That's why the the most recent one drop, or the most recent million dollar buy in is going to is. I don't think it's already happened, has it? The business. It's like businessman only. It's much more boring now. Right. It's amateur only. You're not allowed to be a pro and play. Right. Which, and, I guess that's to keep it so that everybody is playing with their own money. I think that was part of it. I mean, I think it's because the businessmen want to win and don't like the fact that they're sort of seen as, you know, the bait, the sheep. They don't like that. Well, they're, they're very successful guys and they're it's like true, seen as though. The, the sh- right, so now they don't have to be that way. In fact, there was a big thing about In Shun- a way it's worse though, right? It's like take us out of the shark tank. We're scared. We're not as good as them. I mean, but everyone knows they're not as good as them. It's, yeah, it's but f- so they're acknowledging it. Who cares? All right. I think that's fine. There was actually a big debate about whether Haralabob should be allowed to play in that game. He's not a pro. Right. I mean, he used to be a long time ago, and he's yeah. a pro gambler. He probably would be among the better poker players, yeah. right? But he's definitely not a pro. And so I think they eventually said it was okay. They decided. But there was like a back and forth about it. So like that's the level where they're like, we don't even know if you can play, buddy, let alone freaking Vanessa. Yeah. They should want Phil Hellmuth. Scott Seaver is not allowed to play. Exactly. Yeah. No Scott Seaver, no Ike Haxton, yeah. no Phil Ivey. No Mike Sexton. Mike Sexton, I guess that's true. He's not allowed. Nope. All right. Are we done here? Do we have more to talk about? Okay.